0: 17, and I'm just going to read from the 17th verse again, and hopefully we get down to verse 23. I keep saying that because there's so much stuff here, amen. The Word of God reads, John 17, 17 through 23, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. Amen. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word that they may be or may they all be one. I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Wow. Wow. I want to title this message Getting Out the Way. <laughs> but I think I'd be nice (laughs) and say, letting the world see Jesus. Amen? Amen. So just a real quick, brief review. And pray for me, because I need the Lord to help me with this. I mean, I'm I'm learning just like you learn. Amen? Once again from the top, this is just a short review. Jesus is about to leave the planet that he made. His mission is almost done. He's headed to the cross to die for our sins, fully expecting to rise again and go back to heaven with his heavenly father who sent him on this mission. And before he leaves, he prays an audible prayer to the father in the presence of his disciples for the purpose of encouragement and Instruction, as I said before in several messages, if you go back and listen to to the uh, the, the, the podcast or whatever we're doing here, the, the streaming services. He's not just praying and not expecting people to hear and learn. He's teaching, Amen. He's teaching. And he wants them to know that they already, just to encourage them, the disciples already possess eternal life, not because they are at that moment living forever and ever and ever and ever, amen, but because they are in a relationship with God and his son. And so I don't know about you, but as you go through your week and as you deal with situations that are supposed to be overwhelming, that are supposed to be difficult, That are supposed to be, you know, where you're in over your head or you're treading water and you don't know how you're going to make it. That are supposed to be stretching you to your limit. To get you to the one simple place where you become dependent on God and his promises that you already have eternal life. So it's crazy out there. But we're not crazy. We're not dealing with craziness without the understanding that you and I already possess what everybody else would love to have. And that is a relationship with Jesus Christ, his son. We have the father. We have the son. We have eternal life right now if you believe in Jesus. Amen. 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 So he wants to encourage them because he's leaving. And they're, they're, you know, more than likely freaking out. Where are you going, Jesus? Why can't we go? You're going to leave us here? In this situation? All right? And in John 17, just to prove it, John 17, the third verse says this. And this is eternal life. What is eternal life, saints? That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Amen? So that... Eternal life is based on a relationship. Amen? Amen. Who wants to live forever without God? No. No. Okay? Then it goes on to say, later on in the chapter, that he has manifested the Father's name by displaying the Father's character. Amen? The likeness, the exact likeness of the Father. Amen? Amen. So much so that the scripture records, Jesus saying earlier, that if you have seen the Son, you have seen the Father. Amen. Jesus is God. Amen. Jesus is God. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If you are looking at Jesus for some time, you're going to see the Father. He's not going to give you something different to see. Amen? There's going to be, you know, there's going to be this parallel, this this image that's an exact imprint of the Father. So once you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. Jesus spent time, three and a half years, with the disciples manifesting, displaying the Father's character. So they know the Father because they have seen Jesus. They've been eating with him hearing his teaching because he's, he, because he's going away he's praying that the father would, would, would display himself through himself through Jesus Christ so they could see that hey wait a minute we know God amen then he goes on after that and says hey father I kept them I'm about to leave I want you to keep them so he's praying for protection amen protection from what? This world, as I told you, the world system, we're not out of this world, but we're in the world, but we're not of it. The world system, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I want this, I want that. I got to have this. I got to have him or her. I, you know, I want everybody to know it. I'm really doing very well. <laughs> pride of life, you know what I mean? All of those tricks and traps that the enemy has, keep them from our own flesh which has the ability to line right up with the enemy. Amen? So he's praying that we are kept away and then uh, from, from the, the world system. and then as we saw last week, we're kept away from the distractions that keep us away from our mission in this world. Amen? Amen. Keep us away from our mission as believers. And just really quickly, let's just go through that so we can see that again, and then we'll move on. John 17, 17 is where we left off last week. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. It is the word of God taken in in a consistent, disciplined, routine-like basis that sanctifies the believer. Because Jamie has thoughts that if I just continue in my own thinking and do things in the way that I think I ought to do it, And focus on what I think is right without the word of God cutting through my thoughts I will be left to my own agenda okay so let me just give you an example Um, and I don't say this to try to be proud in any kind of way but because my life has changed, I've decided to do workouts. Now, I don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger yet. Nor am I trying to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger because I don't want to carry that much weight. But my thing is is, is I do certain things, calisthenics and whatever have you, just to kind of stay in shape because i got six kids. And if I don't work out, it's going to be a wrap. Okay? I, I will survive. Hey, hey. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I got to do what I got to do. Okay? But my natural tendency, my, my body, if, you know, I, I'm, I have the kind of body I can think my weight off. I just don't, I, I have something in my genetics that you just, if I don't eat a certain amount of food, if I don't um, work out, I will just, I'll turn sideways and disappear on you. I'm just a small guy. You know, I'm one of the smallest Hawkins there is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have to continue on a day-by-day basis to exercise and do what I need to do. Otherwise, my natural DNA will kick in and I'll just disappear. Same thing with our mindset. We will get caught up in this world, caught up in this system. Netflix will turn you completely out. You feel me? You'll be spending all your money instead of the kingdom on Amazon. Come on, somebody. Hear me. Come on, somebody. Look, somebody's scratching their head. They're like, oh God, help me, Jesus. Help me, Father. Hey, talking about man. We'll just do what the world does. But if we take in the word, the word has a sanctifying ability to put us back on track and where we should be. So I talked about it last Sunday about refocusing. Amen? And what is he talking about here? Sanctify them by the truth or in the truth. Your word is truth. Now, it's not talking about every single scripture here, but there's a certain truth that aims at what we're supposed to do. Amen? And then he says here, as you sent me into the world, so have I sent them into the world. So he's basically saying that our mission in life, amen, is not to just sit here and get fat on truth and never tell anybody the truth. Okay. If you look at the word in context, he's basically saying, as you sent me into the world, I sent, so have I sent them. And the truth is the mechanism or the device that God has chosen to use to keep us aimed at our mission. What is the mission? Go out there and tell somebody the truth. Yes. Amen? Yes. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in truth. The word of God sanctifies the believer. As we read it, we become more like Jesus. Specifically, the truth is this. What is the truth, Pastor Hawkins? It's the revelation of truth that unites every single believer. Jesus wept is a scripture, but that's not necessarily <laughs> what he's saying here. Okay? You know? What he's saying, there is a universal truth. Amen? That he's talking about. This is the word that is given to the disciples. This is... The word that Jesus uh, claimed that they kept. And it's found, if you go right back in the same chapter, in the same prayer, it's found in verses 6 through 8. All right? John 17, 6 through 8. It says this. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. What is the word? It's the word of truth. And then he tells us what it is. Guess what? In the very next verse. Verse 7, now they know that everything you have given me is from you. Wow. They understand, basically, that everything that Jesus has has been given by God the Father. Verse 8, for I have given them the words that you gave me. The words that Jesus gave them are given by the Father. And they have received them or they are believing those words. And they have come to know, here it is, in truth that I came from you and that they have believed that you sent me. That's the truth. Not rocket science. Sanctify them in the truth. What is the truth? The truth I just told you. I told you earlier in my prayer what the truth is. The truth is, I came from you You sent me, huh? They know that I'm on my mission here. That right there speaks volumes. As simple as that is, they know and they believe and they stood on the fact that Jesus was sent by the Father. Why was he sent by the Father? To save the world. That is the simple truth. He is the Son of God and he came here to save us. Uh, wow. You don't need to go to theology school for that, but that's just what I'm you know what I'm saying? That that's the 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 disciples were Galileans, they were not geniuses. Okay? What is the simple truth? Over and over again, they are seeing Jesus teach, but the bottom line is what he's saying, I am here to save you. <laughs> I came from God. That's the simple truth. And believe it or not, that's the truth that a lot of people wrestle with. A lot of folks can't get past that. Okay? So they believe that. Now, they don't understand it all. Amen? But they know enough to know that Jesus is the Messiah. Amen? Uh, But let me say it in a way that you can kind of see how this simple truth still applies to us. Okay? The simple truth is that they believe that God loved us so much that he sent his son to save us from the wrath that every last one of us knows that we're totally honest, we totally deserve it. Amen? Why? Because we rebelled against God. Which then, after hearing and believing that truth, does something miraculous, people. It then positions us to be reunited back to the one that we have rebelled against. In a loving relationship with the Father and his Son by receiving his divine nature who is called the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's how it applies us. So as the apostles went forth and proclaimed the truth, the gospel, other folks, others, would hear that truth and believe the truth. Amen? And would come into the faith. And now we got TLC. You hear how that works? Not too complicated, is it? Jesus came. He comes from the Father. He came to save us from our sins. I deserve hell, but I'm not going to hell because I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. I am now reunited back to the Father. And now I have heard that truth which has been passed down from the apostles who were the disciples who are now giving that word to pastors and teachers and evangelists who are hearing the word and now we are all sitting up in here believing the very simple truth that has saved our lives but brought us back into a loving relationship with God wow saints you hear me so Jesus says you know uh, what verse was that Verse 19, yes, Jesus says he sanctifies, John 17, 19, he says he sanctifies himself, meaning he set himself aside to do the will of the Father. He went to Calvary to save us all from our sins, because without the work of the cross, Jesus being sacrificed for our sins, we would have no forgiveness from God. So Jesus sanctifies, he Set himself aside. He purposed to go to Jerusalem. He purposed to let them beat him. He purposed to get on that cross and not come down. He purposed not to call in an angelic backup when he could have. He could have said, you know what, enough of this. But he did it. He stayed there and sanctified himself. For you and me. And the word says he did it for their sakes. Not just to save us from our sins, but for their sakes. For the disciples who would eventually end up passing that message down to you and me for their sakes. For the sake of the disciples to set an example of what, Pastor Hawkins? Of obedience. Amen? Of completing the mission. Amen. Jesus went all the way to the cross, and just like God sends Christ, now we have his example. Christ is now sending you and me. Do you see how that works? Okay. This love is something that the Father wants to be poured out to everyone who would receive it. And he's allowing you and I to partner with him. Wow. Wow. Yeah, take that in, right? Wow. So we are to do the same. As you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. All right? So here's the thing. Give me back. Go back to verse 18. Just one, one verse back. Thank you, Kisha. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Talking about letting the world see Jesus. Are you ready? Here we go. D.A. Carson said this. The followers of Jesus are permitted <laughs> neither luxury of compromise with the world, nor safety and disengagement from the world. Ooh. What are you saying, Pastor? Believers are not of this world. We are purposefully sent into the world. We are not just to sit in the church and be holy while we watch everybody else go to hell with our, nerves, our noses in the air. Let me say it one more time. You sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. It's going to challenge us a little bit here. We are not to be sanctified monks that sit in the cave. We in the cave and we save. We in the cave and we save. You ain't saved because you ain't in the cave. We in the cave. We in the cave, We say, we in the cave, and We say. <laughs> you, you feel what I'm saying? We have people that have that kind of thinking, huh? We have a way of doing this. Now that may seem extreme, but let me show you how we bring this down to like you know 2023. Because that's the way that we do this. So when you back up and you see that Jesus said that we are in a world, but not of this world. It is so that the world will see and experience his believers who are carrying this loving relationship that we so want everybody else to get in on. Are you hearing me? All right. So we, Jesus, his whole idea is that the light would not be in the cave, that the light would actually be in the world where people will actually see the light, letting Jesus be seen. So when we pray every day that God will cause your heathen boss to get fired (laughs) and be replaced by some motherboard church member or something, (laughs) somebody that you can, God, just go ahead and get rid of them. They ain't even saying it anyway. Lord, I just want you to just... When we are praying that way, that is not exactly praying what Jesus prayed. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When you have, you know, crazy neighbors and you're just saying, Lord, Lord just go ahead and just cause them to move somewhere. And replace them with some people that go to my church. <laughs> yeah. That's not quite what Jesus prayed. Oh, come on, somebody. It's not really in God's best interest. If they don't get a chance to experience God through us, then God gets no glory by using us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are not to pack up and move ourselves to another state. There's like Christians who are deciding that California politics are just too much. And everybody's making an exodus and going to the states where everybody reads the Bible, the Bible belt, the Bible jacket, the Bible jeans, whatever you want to call it. And things would be so much better for our family if we would just go ahead and leave crazy California, pack up, and go move where all the other Christians are. Has it ever dawned on you that that might be exactly what the devil wants? Get all the Christians in two states, <laughs> and the rest of the world is surrounded by darkness. And we're just so happy that we're together, but we have completely left the mission. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I've talked to people who are like that. Yeah. I got my children in Christian schools. My children only go to Christian schools. We're homes. I have. A, you know, y'all know we homeschool. You know, and we're proud of it. But the thing that we have to take in the balance here is like we got all this Hawkins light in our home and nobody sees it but Christians. You know, blessed is a man whose quiver is full of children. It's like arrows. You know that scripture? Huh? Huh? The whole idea of an arrow is great if you have a bunch of kids, okay? It's, it's, it's okay if you have a bunch of kids that, you know, are in your little quiver, as you said. You know, the little backpack thing they use to hold the arrows. But the point of an arrow, saints, is not for you to keep the arrows in the quiver. Even our babies, if you train your children up in the way that it should go, and you're actually discipling your children, the point is not for them to stay at your house and never go anywhere in the quiver. You take an arrow out. He's sending us into the world to do battle, saints, to be a light, to be like Jesus. It's not going to work if we all sit up here in the church and go, we saved and we in a cave. All right. Letting the world see Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Here's the thing. If we're following his example... You really don't see in the Bible Jesus pulling away from the world. Now, he's not becoming like the world. Amen? He understands he's not of this world, so he is not obligated to compromise truth, to compromise his stance. Holy living is what we do. Amen. but if you look in the Bible you'll see Jesus engaging the sinners he's coming to the sinners and aren't we grateful for that because if you would be honest with yourself he came to me and you it's kind of weird how when we get say it all of a sudden we go now I'm in you're out I'm good next <laughs> move on to something else now no So, because the apostles spent time with Jesus, being sanctified in the truth, watching Jesus display the heart, the love, the character, the image of the Father, and he's sending us, now we go to verse 20. And he says this, John 17, 20, I do not ask for these only but also for those who would believe in me through who? Their word, the apostles' word, as I just said. This is the prayer for the church. Amen? The church that would believe this gospel that has been passed down, as I said, to you and me. That, verse 21, that they, the church, may all be one, just as you. Wow. Father, are in me. And I in you. Okay, hold on. Let's just take that slowly for a minute. Jesus is asking his Father to help those who would believe the word through what he taught the apostles that those that hear the word from the apostles, the church, may be one in such a way that we resemble the oneness of Jesus Christ himself and his father. So much so that just like the Father, Jesus says, is in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. He's talking about that kind of unity. Whoa. Don't miss this. Imagine being so united with God the Son to the point that your level of unity is like the son's unity with his father. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is exactly what Jesus is praying for here. That, as it says in 21, yes. For what reason, Jesus? That they, the church also, may be in us. For what reason? So that the world may believe that you sent me. I want them to be fathers united like you and I are united. And in them being united like you and I are united, the world will believe that I actually came here. The proof that Jesus was sent by the father is that the Holy Spirit is able to live in me to the point to where I begin to accomplish through that unity what the Father wants the world to see. Are you getting it? If any man love me, he will keep my word and I will love him and I will come to him and we will make our home in him. Amen? God needs to be so comfortable in you and you need to be so comfortable in him to where you yield to the spirit that he has given you for the purposes of the world going, wow, that has to be God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me just pull over for a minute. That's probably why Satan fights you so much for your time. He wants to make sure that we are so distracted. That we are not connected, we're not thinking about our connection, to where when a, an unbeliever runs into a church member, all they see is a church member and not Jesus. Are you getting that? What, why the church seeming like it's emptying out? Because people are not focusing on the unity that we already have. And we're not building up on that, that unity. We're not focusing. We're not putting the time in. Satan wants you away from your principal relationship and focus on everything else. Not just so he can have you wrapped up and to make sure he shuts your influence down. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Jesus is saying to me that it's possible through the power of the Holy Spirit, not by you and me, but by us, you and him, that we can be so united With God, to where the people begin to know, you know what? Jesus must be the real deal. Jesus had to have come because you know why? Because it's these church people I'm seeing, and what they are doing, and how they are doing, and what they are about. Just it doesn't seem world. It's otherworldly. I can't. I've never seen this before. Are you seeing what I'm saying? When the Holy Spirit is able to not just have you sing, have your way. (laughs) come on somebody but when he really can have his way huh when he causes us to resemble and look like Jesus in our actions our choices our responses people will believe that Jesus the Messiah has really come are you seeing that and then Jesus huh We'll get the glory out of what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. That's how it works. This has been done before. Get me John 14.10. Almost done. Ah, Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Jesus said it this way. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? Question mark. Watch this. The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Do you see him submitting? So what do you think we are to do? Huh? That's the goal. Amen? Jesus is praying that the Father would dwell in you and I so much that he would have so much control over you and I that he would get the glory because his people would know that it's God doing the work. Amen? All right. And then, what's the purpose, Jimmy? That we may all be one. I'm talking about letting the world see Jesus. Oneness, it's mentioned several times in this chapter, verse 11, verse 21. It's mentioned several times. Oneness is key. Amen? Not only oneness with the Father and the Son, but oneness, watch this, with each other. Right? Amen. 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 Let me just read this. I got this. From something I was studying. Things that destroy unity. Jealousy, hate, friction, arrogant isolation, isolationism, selfishness, bitterness, an unforgiving spirit, a wretched tongue, huh? They destroy the unity in the church. Amen? Hear about this. What about this one? One upmanship. Never heard of that one. I didn't think about that one. That's when I come to church hoping that everybody knows how wonderful I am. So much so that I make sure that I look better than you. I'm one up in you. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was great how you sang that. Excuse me. <laughs> can't nobody usher like I can. Can't nobody, can't nobody lead Bible study like I can. It's, it's all about you. But in the, in, in the process of you making it all about you, you're actually making it not about somebody else, and you're making them look bad. So what's happening? Now that person's looking at you like, oh my goodness, what is this all about? You done cut me down the size. Amen? An uncooperative spirit. You know, we're going to do this, pastor. And there's always one. It's, you know, nah, I don't think that's all right. <laughs> Just negative. Won't cooperate with anybody. You know? Impatience. Well, how long is it gonna take us to do this? I mean, we've been trying to do this forever. I mean, just spewing negativity, amen. Mm-hmm. Huh? Get your phone in Jesus' name. Get it. Get it. Get it. Amen. Amen. These all work at destroying unity. They're subtle. It's not just arguing with people, they're heart attitudes. And when that happens, saints, God's glory is not seen. Because verse 22 says this, the glory, the character, ooh, I see where you're going now, Holy Spirit, that, I, that you have given me, I have given them. What is he saying? The divine character that Jesus has is devoid of all those things. Amen? The divine nature His teaching that he displayed, how he loved on his disciples, how he showed the disciples how to love each other, how he showed the disciples how to be loving to this world. All of that is just more and more unity. Are you hearing me? What's the purpose? That they may be one, even as we are one. That they may be unified. That they may get along like we get along. Amen? Verse 23, I and them... And you and me, that they may become perfectly one. That word perfect there means mature. So what he's saying is that Jesus can be seen best by mature Christians who know how to love each other and get along with each other. And when we don't do that, we mess up his image. Amen? It takes mature Christians to focus on building the things that foster unity. Amen? We all, listen, I'll never forget it. We were at my wife's funeral. I didn't say it then, but I'll say it now. We had all kinds of churches that we kind of got along with, and we were kind of the centerpiece of several different denominations and doctrinal beliefs. And everybody was in there together at the funeral, and we were, you know, uh, honoring my wife. Amen? But we couldn't do it on a Sunday. We could do it on a weekday for a funeral to honor Sister Hawkins, but we couldn't get together on a Sunday to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because our differences get in the way. What's the problem? Christian maturity, perfectly one. What are you saying? That we, I in you and you in me, in such a way that we don't let the small stuff get in the way of us glorifying God so that. You hear what I'm saying. We can get in the way. You, know, you baptize kids, you don't baptize kids. You allow for this preacher, you don't allow for that kind of preacher. I'm not talking about some kind of ecumenical kind of thing where we just sing kumbaya over sin. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there are some central doctrines that make the truth sanctify them in the truth, not all their perfectly doctrinal, interesting positions. That's not what he's saying. Okay, we can sit here and fight about our, that all day, but let's not let the world see that. So I got a friend of mine that I've been evangelizing for years. I've been trying. I mean, I love this dude. You know what his biggest problem is? His biggest problem is not with the truth. He's like, okay, so Jesus is the son of God, okay. So he did come to save, sins. save us from our sins. All right, I, I'm not a perfect person. I can get with that. One of the things that keeps him away from the church Is He has a lot of Christian clientele And his Christian clientele He's seeing them not get along with each other So he's like I don't want to be involved or a part of A God who can't get The people together in unity When he claims he has so much unity Are you hearing what he's saying? That they may be perfectly one, unified, together. You know what? Your little issues and how you want to do church specifically, that's fine. But is Jesus Christ the Son of God? Yes, he is. Did he come to save us from our sins? Yes, he did. Are we leaning on Jesus Christ and Christ alone to save us? Amen. Does God love us that much? Yes, he is. Yes, he does. All right, now, I'm going to be careful how I treat you. Not just because I want to be nice, but because the world is watching. Uh, Okay. So that the world may know that you sent me. And that you love them even as you love me. That God loves you. His church, even as much as He loves His Son. Why? Because we are now in the Son and the Son is in us and the Father is in the Son and the Holy Spirit and there's this this incredible relationship of perfection of growing and being more and more like Christ where even on my worst days God is pushing me towards being more and more like him I'm going to act like him he's going to win why? because he lives in me he is my king he is my ruler I become more and more like Jesus that's the whole point I'm in this loving relationship that I don't deserve to be in. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> Why? Because he loves me even as much as he loves his son. Wow. Let's finish it off. John 13, 35. I'm done. Perfectly one. Love that is mature. By this all people will know that you are my disciples. Oh. If you have love for one another, your witness is counting on and totally dependent on how you treat me and how I treat you. Amen. Otherwise, they won't know, they won't believe. If we're going to be used by God to convince people that Jesus was sent, it's going to be by our sacrificial love. Huh? It's gonna if we're gonna look looking like the world looks, you know, the world is cutthroat enough. You know what I mean? It's just cutthroat. It is what it is. It's dog eat dog. Your survival of the fittest. All those things are diametrically opposed to what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying the exact opposite. So when we run into church folks who act like the world, it's confusing. Are you hearing me? Amen. 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 When they see us agreeing on the simple truth, the essentials, instead of disagreeing about the small stuff, then unity will be perfected. People will see Christ. That is maturity. Amen? That is making Christ be seen, allowing Christ to be seen. I have a friend of mine who recently got married. He's a producer friend. He's had a lot of relationships. He's a little bit older than me. He's got a wife. And there's something about their relationship that is just like, wow, this is, y'all really got something. Something about it. So I asked him, I said, um, I said, friend, <laughs> I said, um, I'm really happy for you, you know? And I know your history. I know that you have had some bad relationships in the past and it didn't really go well. What is the difference now? What, what, why does this, what is this, I don't, something about this is just working. He said very simple, he said, he said simply, he said, we started doing what makes each other happy and stop doing the stupid stuff that would break us up. And I said, well, yeah. He said, no, Jenny. He said, you'd be surprised how many people are in relationships that don't do that. He said, we just matured. Matured to the point to where, listen, if I'm going to be with you, let's just do what we need to do to make each other happy. It's not that hard. You know he likes a meal when he comes home. Just cook it. You know she liked them shoes. Aww, yeah. but, offering time. <laughs> just go, you know, and don't save up your money for car parts. Go get the woman, the woman, the shoes. You know she liked that. And when you, when you see the people, like, how y'all doing? We just good, Father. we good. <laughs> y'all, right, how was this week? This week was good, Father. this week was good. <laughs> just cheesing what they do? He said, we matured. Oh. Is that why your relationship seems so glorious? Jesus said, the glory I have given, that you gave me, I gave them. Something about the radiance of unity, it starts to shine. It becomes attractive. What would happen in the church if we just loved on each other to where we would begin to shine and the glory of God could be seen, do you think we might be more attractive? Somebody got it. Huh? Huh? I'm not talking about how the world causes causes unity where we just sin and just let everybody come in and do all kinds of stuff. I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about where I sacrificially love you so that the church shines. So that we start pointing to Jesus in such a way where they go, well, of course this works. Because this is how God said he is. Why wouldn't it be the same in his church? Letting Jesus be seen. Are you hearing me? We let him be seen by that sacrificial love, that unity. Amen? Amen. So Jesus prayed for that. I want you this week, I'm going to challenge you. Think of some ways that you can bless your brother and your sister. Okay. Okay. We ought to be coming to this church every week, like, <laughs> how you doing, brother? I'm good. <laughs> Whatever. I had some church people come by and help me out. Yeah, I'm good. Just like some ladies came to my house and helped me a couple days ago. Sorry, yesterday, bro. You know what I mean? Don't I'm good? So about you today, Pastor, whatever. I have received some love from the church. Just helping each other out, just loving each other. Amen? What does that do? That causes us to shine. And what does that do? The world will begin to believe, you know what? This Jesus thing is real. How do you know? I'm seeing evidence in these people. That's how you let him be seen. Amen? I'm done.